episode of Motley Fool Answers is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined as always by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool. We also have a special guest in the studio. It's Anand Chakavalu. He is the managing editor and boss of Fool.com. Thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. It's Valentine's Day, and what better way to celebrate it than with some sexy investing advice from Warren Buffett, the world's greatest <laughs> investor. Can we say he's the world's greatest investor, or do he's, you have to try to there. say arguably the world's greatest investor? No, I, I think we're okay deeming him so. Okay. Yeah. We'll also answer a question that you're too embarrassed to ask this week, so I'll ask it for you, because I really don't know the answer. Mm. All that and more on this week's episode <laughs> of Motley Fool Answers. All right, it's time for Answers Answers. Sort of. Kind it's, of. Kind of. Instead of answering a listener question for today, we'll answer a question that you're too embarrassed to ask. In light of the news that Trump plans to roll back financial regulations like Dodd-Frank and the fiduciary rule, I'm asking so you don't have to... What's Todd Frank? <laughs> Joining us to answer that question is, like I said at the top of the show, Anand Chakavalu. He is the managing editor of Fool.com. He's also a former banking analyst. So, what better opportunity than to cover this while you're here? Hi. Hi. So, okay, Dodd Frank. I know vaguely that it has to do with banking regulations. Go. <laughs> right. Well, first I'll say for an even better uh, response, you can read John Maxfield's article on Fool.com. Oh. To, uh, is it titled, What is Dodd-Frank? The Dodd-Frank Act Explained. Perfect. There you go. All right. So there's your quick explainer in five minutes. Uh, but basically, we had the financial crisis in 2008. It's almost coming on a decade now. Uh, and so, of course, there's a reaction to that and an attempt to regulate what happened. And kind of the two big things that happened or, or needed to be fixed was, one, too big to fail, the banks kind of um, holding us hostage and, uh, you know, if things went badly. And so for that one, there's, they're basically made to hold, hold more capital, is what the Dodd-Frank rule does. And then capital meaning more money in reserve from what they're lending out. And then they also have things like the Volcker rule, which kind of affect, well, what, what can they do? Can they trade on their own account? Things like that. And then the Federal Reserve has stress tests for them and prevents them from giving out dividends or, or buying back shares without approval. So it's just more regulation on banks to, to keep them from doing some of the things they were doing, at least in theory. Yeah, the criticism, I guess, from Trump is that um, friends of his uh, have been like I think he's actually I mean, this is not a direct quote, but he was basically like I've I've talked to people and friends of mine can't get loans. Um, so is that the biggest criticism that banks are are being aren't aren't making loans? Therefore, it's keeping the economy dampened and people aren't allowed to grow and grow their businesses and I don't know reinvest. And, and that's always the um, that's always the response for deregulation. Mm-hmm. Just kind of say like regulating banks, kind of like regulating unruly teenagers. They're always gonna want less regulation. It's not fair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You can get rid of them, and you're a hero for like. A very short period of time, but then it comes home to roost. So there's there's something that needs to be um, done there. I don't know if Donald Trump's friends <laughs> quite need the uh, right. need the uh, the loans, but but that's the the argument is. I mean, banks really do facilitate you know by the loans they give out, they help small businesses, families with mortgages, things like that. 
but it also needs to be um, regulated to some extent. Um, the other part of that, Dodd-Frank, is the um, Consumer um, Finance Protection Bureau, which kind of tries to put rules in place to help the, the little subprime lender who goes into the bank and doesn't realize they shouldn't be taking that loan. Or So it's, it's a fine balance. And with any regulation, it's, well, is it doing more to, to protect us than it is kind of slowing down the, the economic commerce? You can be too onerous. Yeah, so like Bloomberg wrote that um, actually lending has been growing steadily 6% a year since 2013, which is far faster than the economy. So, I mean, that tells me that maybe Dodd-Frank really isn't stifling economic progress. It, it's possible, I mean, depending on what the base was in 2013, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, it, it doesn't... On the, on the spectrum of, of where it falls, I, I tend to be of the, well, what's going to replace Dodd-Frank? You know, if, if you take it completely away, well, that's where we were before right. 2008. And what, what's going to replace it? So, it's n- not, no regulation is going to be perfect. It's going to slow down banks' lending. But, but, the, but the, on the plus side, it, if it's done well, it keeps the bottom from falling out, and then you have a really tough period of time. So, what was your reaction when Trump said that he was going to roll back Dodd-Frank? I support Dodd Frank in at least in the broad strokes. Um, are there things that can be improved? Sure. It is a huge, huge thing. Right. Huge, covering so, all kinds of aspects of the financial services industry, and even just how our our economy works. You know, it changed which aspects of the government would control various things and monitor various things, and how much transparency was there. It consolidated some agencies. It got rid of some agencies. It created agencies. It is a big, big. Undertaking, so there's certainly room to change some things without getting rid of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess we just sit back, wait, and see what happens. Right, because there's there's still a lot of proposals, and we'll see what actually starts to take hold. It's sort of it's sort of to a certain degree, it's like Obamacare, and that um, there you could certainly point to things and say, okay, this is not an ideal world, but do you want to go back to what it was like before then? Do you want to go back and, and change things so that all these people who didn't have health insurance now don't have health insurance? And the same thing, are we going to go back to the world, to the way it was in the mid-2000s and conditions were such that it led to the economic crisis? I don't think anyone wants that. So I hope that whatever changes happen, recognize that there was a reason why we had the worst recession since the Great Depression and that some things will stay in place to prevent that from happening again. All right, so there you have it. I asked the question so you didn't have to, and that was Dodd-Frank, at least in a nutshell. Thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for sponsoring today's episode. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and who has your best interest in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com fool. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Ah, love is in the air. And what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day with some sexy investing advice from Warren Buffett. And of course, we had to invite back Johnny Weathersby... You guys, you'll no, that is not that's not the voice we brought you back here to present. Hello, lady. There we there go. You, go. <laughs> you may remember Johnny Weathersby from last year's Valentine's episode, where he helped bring to life some of our investing pickup lines. 
such as, do you remember any of them? I mean, not off the top of my head. My interest is compounding in you daily. Classic nuggets. Yeah. So we brought him back today to uh, basically be the, the voice of Warren Buffett, but sexy. And Anand is still in the studio, and he's going to help explain why these are his favorite sexiest Warren Buffett <laughs> quotes. Because you picked these out. I asked you to pick them out. This is true. So, uh, this is a common theme for Mr. Buffett, isn't it? Like He, he has sort of a body sense of humor. Yeah, I had, to, I had to whittle down the list quite a bit. There's a lot of them. <laughs> How do I pick my favorite one? There's so many. Yeah, all right. Well, should we just get into it? Warren Buffett's sexy investing advice. Here's your first Warren Buffett quote on loving your job. You want to have a passion for what you are doing. You don't want to wait until 80 to have sex. (laughs) And this nigga's beginning. (laughs) That's a dirty word. (laughs) It is. We usually say special hugs on this show, just so you know. But that's fine. All right, Anand, what do you like about this sexy investing vice? I mean, for me, it reminds you of um, you know people who wait to have fun until they're retired. Uh, not not that kind of fun necessarily, but <laughs> but just saving it up and then hey, maybe your health deteriorates, unforeseen circumstances. You may as well have fun throughout the whole journey. Um, I think that's what he's saying about the job. On do you the think job Warren front. Buffett does? Do you think he has fun throughout the whole journey? He claims he, what, what does he do? Skip all every yeah, every dances, 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 dances. That's yeah. Yeah. Dances. That's true. Um, I believe him. I mean, he gets to do whatever he wants every day. I mean, it's the ultimate freedom. That's true. All right. Warren Buffett on having a ninja like focus. You know, if I'm playing bridge and a naked woman walks by, I don't even see her. Has he ever tested this? I, I don't know. know about this one. <laughs> Who is that sexy too? All right, what is he talking about here? Well, I'm not much of a bridge player, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what you mean by that. I wouldn't be distracted by the bridge. Oh, okay. Um, but I, for me, it's it's one thing that people underestimate about Buffett is, I mean, the reason he uses all these special hugs type of quotes is I mean, it brings brings complex topics down to a level all of us can understand. Uh, and I think one thing, because he's so folksy and stuff, I think people don't realize how much hard work it takes to do what he does. You know, they're like, oh, he picks Coca-Cola. How hard is that? Yeah. He's reading 10Ks. He's, you know, he's focused every, um, you know, every day he's doing that. At dinner parties, he goes off, does work. Um, it, it's that level of focus. He's talking about bridge, but really it's the investing side of him, too. You will find, by the way, that some of the greatest investors in the world love bridge. David Gardner's a big bridge player. Bill Gates, big bridge player. Maybe we should like learn how to play bridge at the Fool and play bridge, but maybe it gets so competitive that like it would hurt hurt people. We would hurt people. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> we get real competitive. People do get very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Warren Buffett on internal yardsticks. Would you prefer to be the greatest lover in the world and known as the worst? Or would you prefer to be the worst lover and known as the greatest? I, I have no idea. <laughs> this is such a pickle. And how do you get rated? That's what I like. How do you know? <laughs> There's a Yelp. There's like some sort of Yelp, I think. All right. As I unwrap this this lovely package of a quote, what does it mean to you, Anand? 
<laughs> well, to put it in, in, in different terms, you know, uh, Buffett always talks about, um, you know, kind of an internal scorecard versus an external scorecard. Basically, whether you're using other people's judgment or your own. Um, in the investing world, I mean, he's famous for his internal um, yardstick. This quote is easy for me to get turned to... around in. So, would Buffett say that I want to be the greatest lover in the world, but known as the worst? Yes, on the investing side, that's what he'd want. That must make it harder to get dates, but I guess it's somehow <laughs> managed. I will say, this doesn't mean, by the way, that that Buffett doesn't care what people think of you as a business person or as a partner, because he also has lots of quotes about how it's very important to maintain a good reputation. Yeah. I mean, he sent out a memo to his managers, I think it was a couple of years ago, and the line he had in there was, the top priority, trumping everything else, including profits, is that all of us continue to zealously guard Berkshire's reputation. Hmm. Because so much of the, the investing world, and even our financial system, is based on trust. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to go into a partnership with someone, you can trust them. If you're giving your money to the bank, you trust that there's actually money there, and not just a number on a screen when you pull it up. So He's emphasized that for decades, about how important it is to maintain a good reputation. An example of where he doesn't care is, um, if you can recall back to the, uh, the tech bubble, Many, many people were writing him off as a dinosaur who couldn't keep up right. with new you know, tech stocks because he wasn't investing them, especially at that time. And he doesn't care because he has to keep that internal scorecard of, no, no, I'm staying on track, doing what I, mm-hmm. what I know is best, and proved correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was in 1999 or 2000, Barron's wrote a, a, what became a very famous article about Buffett losing his touch. Because in the late 90s, Berkshire was not doing well, especially compared to tech companies. Then tech companies crashed, and the Berkshire, Berkshire basically outperformed the S and P 500 for several years after that. Yeah. All right, Warren Buffett on becoming a true investor. We believe that according the name investors to institutions that trade actively is like calling someone who repeatedly engages in one night stands a romantic. Quote <laughs> unquote. <laughs> I mean, there it is, long-term buy and hold, right? Right, I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Long-term I'm hearing so much hold. innuendo in today's discussion. Yardstick, buy and hold. It's so great. <laughs> so romantic. Uh, and this is, of course, something that we really believe here at The Motley Fool, the value of buying and holding, long-term investing, being a romantic as opposed to a Casanova, I guess. All right, and finally, Warren Buffett on financially transmitted diseases. Derivatives are like sex. It's not who we're sleeping with, it's who they're sleeping with that's the problem. <laughs> Remind me again what derivatives are. Well, it, it's, it's, you could call it an investment, but the value of it is derived from the value of something else. So one of the most common ones is an option. right? You can have an option to buy a stock in the future. The value of that option is going to be based, to a certain degree, on what that stock's value is. So instead of buying a stock because you love that business and you are investing in that business, you're buying the option, and it's sort of a step away from the actual value of an investment. No, that doesn't help. So he's (laughs) yeah. So 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 with the so one one common one during the uh, during the financial crisis was a credit default swap, which is kind of you're betting on something else kind of going bankrupt. Okay. Um, so it's it's akin to me betting that Bro's house goes you know catches fire. Um, well, guess what? I'm incented to burn Robert's house down. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Stay that's where it gets really <laughs> right um really rough and then you know it's hard to to figure out the incentives and like and when one thing goes wrong the the effects on that it's harder to predict um and, and that's then, and that's kind of what buffett's talking about and suddenly everyone has an std correct <laughs> exactly mm. yeah I mean, fundamentally buffett like we at the motley fool generally invest in businesses because we like those businesses and we want to hold to them for the long term a derivative is basically a bet on the price of something else and they're generally shorter term buffett has done some derivatives some longer dated options when they made sense in terms of of berkshire making some money off of those but for the most part, he stays away from them because he likes to buy good, solid businesses. All right. Well, that was five pieces of sexy investing advice from Warren Buffett. Johnny, thank you for bringing those deep baritone tones to our show. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and on, and thank you for bringing Warren Buffett and uh, his sexiest investing advice to us today as well. Happy to. All right. I think that's the show. That's the show. Today's show is edited alluringly by Rick Ingdahl. For Allison Southwick and Robert Brokamp, I'm Johnny Weathersby. Stay foolish, everybody.